Hi everyone, and welcome back to this episode of The Wayward Dragons, where we are going to be kind of doing an intro and talking about, we're going to do a little bit different, a little bit different order, but we're going to be talking about chakras. We're actually yep. going to start with the seventh chakra and yes. then <laughs> bounce around from there, uh, dropping back down to the first three in our second episode and the final three in our uh third episode yeah yeah i get that right right huh i said i got that right i think right yeah well i didn't realize the actual order for the chakras i did not i did not realize that when i wrote this so that's that's part of my bad (laughs) we'll blame the government yep yep because i have no idea i had none I just pretend to have an idea most of the time. Yeah, same. <laughs> no one knows that I don't know what I'm doing. Like, well, if I love those memes like that pop up. Doing, huh? So as long as you act like you know what you're doing. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. Like, I love those memes that pop up where it's like, does any of us know what we're doing? Like, at all? I had a teacher <laughs> that, I had a teacher in... I want to say it was middle school, but it may have been high school. Who told us a story about how he was somewhere he wasn't supposed to be, mm-hmm. but he found a clipboard and picked it up and just kept walking, and no one questioned him because he was holding a clipboard. Yeah. So it's just kind mm-hmm. of a, you know, as long as you act like you know what you're doing and you belong and you look like it, nobody's yeah. going to question you. No. So nope. just, you know, fake it till you make it. Yeah. For real. Absolutely. Absolutely. But how are you? I'm good. Uh, No real complaints. No real... You know, I... I've been having a little bit of knee issue, but that's just because I'm old and decrepit and have not been taking knee time and time for me to take care of myself, so I need to double down on that. That's important. But but yeah, no, other than that, I'm, I'm all right. Copacetic. Nothing too crazy. Huh? Nothing too exciting. <sighs> I had that moment. So my husband, his work revolves around the seasons. So when it's like that weird where it's not cold enough to turn your furnace on, but it's not hot enough to turn your AC on, he doesn't work. Because people, and when it's broke, they just leave the windows open until they... So they have to turn it on. So he was home for like two months before our wedding. And I wanted to kill him. (laughs) Because him being home all the time impacted me having me time. Yeah. Where I could. And I mean, people, people don't realize how important just, even if you're an extrovert, having you time and time just for yourself and reflecting on what you need is so freaking important yeah yeah it's like i love you but you need to go find something to do for a couple hours because i need to just sit in silence in my house with nothing yep and read or have my own podcast on like that i want to listen to like you need to go do something else you being here is driving me nuts like (laughs) 
Well, that's Love you. So, the funny thing is, is that my grandma and grandpa, you know, they were, I don't even know how many years they were married, but they were married for years. And that was always something with her. Anytime you went on vacation, she's just like, please, Clyde, go back to work. Because yeah. like, she, he would drive her crazy yeah. not having anything to do or not being at work. Yeah. It's like we function well because I have my time and you have your time and we got too much time together. Like, yep. Like he's about to go on a work trip and for training and he's leaving a day before the actual like training starts. He's like, is that okay? And I'm like, go. go. You're like, can you leave sooner? Yeah. <laughs> like, love you, but go. You're going to be gone for three days. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I will be just fine. I got Bubba. We'll be just fine. <laughs> like, like, but, yeah. All right. You ready to get into this? Let's rock and or roll, my dude. All right. So, like Johnny already said, in this, in these episodes, we're going to be talking about chakras. Um, specifically in this episode, we're going to be talking with kind of the history of chakras, kind of where did they originate, originate, um, and all that jazz that comes with that. And then we're going to get into the crown chakra because I thought you went from the head down, not the other way around. Um, so, um, the actual practice of chakras is quite old, um, some say it goes back all the way to 500 BC. Um, it is quoted in a text called Vetus. Um, but before we begin, and I'm going to have, this is going to be a pause moment, and then we're going to have a pause moment later on. Um, there are two very different concepts of chakras. There is the concept that we have here in our Western culture, and then there is the concept in the other Eastern cultures where it originated from with Hinduism and Buddhism and all that stuff over there. Um, because if you, you can find multiple blogs from multiple places about how Western is different from Eastern. And that's just like with everything, there's a, there are there's two versions here so and we'll talk about now i i want to say before we dig into this that being said neither one of them is wrong as long as you're being respectful and you yeah. educate yourself properly yes and i say that i'm gonna be saying that multiple times throughout this this is the research that i have done quite quickly this is a basically basically a summary if you aligning your chakras is that something that you want to be doing um i highly suggest doing the right amount of research that feels comfortable for you just like everything in life this journey is your journey this is not my journey me telling you your journey this is your journey you do what's right for your path in your journey you do the level of research and whatnot for what you want to do because there is we'll get into it later about the amount of chakras and everything because i have a visual i want you to see in one of my um crystal books um because we'll talk about like crystals and stuff um, yeah, i mean there's the there's the there's all different numbers depending on tradition and all that but yeah we can get to that later yeah yeah some we'll of those are just like 
what the fuck. But yeah. Oh yeah. There's from you can go from three to eighty-eight thousand chakras yeah, because of like sub chakras and yeah. Yep. Um. So before we begin, we're gonna kind of define what exactly is a chakra. So chakra translates to wheel from San Sanskrit. Sanskrit. Sanskrit to English. Um, and it is defined as focal points of meditation within the human body. Um, they mark places where spiritual energies intersect. They're often visualized as either discs, wheels, or flowers, specifically lotus flowers, is what I was finding. Um, and then, you know, your chakra is kind of the main focal point, And then you've got the energy channels between each focal point. Um, so, chakras is their part of an esoteric set of ideas and con concepts about psychology and psychic centers that have emerged in Indian traditions and cultures. Um, the belief that is held is that human life simultaneously exists between two parallel dimensions, one physical body and then the other psychological, the emotional, non-physical part of the mind, which is called the subtle body. The subtle is energy where the physical body is obviously some form of mass. Um, the belief is that these two interact and they constantly affect the other. Um, the subtle body consists of nadi, which is the energy channels that connect, that are connected by nodes of psychic energy, which is your chakras. Um, and this is where we're going to pause. So, depending on your belief, you're going to have, there are many systems of chakras. And they can go from three chakras five six seven are we're focusing on the seven chakra or the six plus one system which is it's often called depending on your research um but the the dominated is this six plus one in the crystal book that i have it goes into 12 you see that there I have seen that. I've also seen a 13 system. Uh, well, it as goes well, into is... 18. I just looked. It's 18. It goes all the way to your heels, all the way past the crown. So I don't think I've, if I've ever seen an 18 system, but uh, I think we're going to, yeah, we're going to take it. We're going to stick to like the. The basic seven. seven. Which is the, yeah, which is the most commonly used system. Yeah. Uh, well, because I feel like if we do anything more than that, we're going to get a lot of people that's confused. And just like with anything we've said in this podcast, if this is something that you want to do, like I eventually want to find a Reiki healer, but that's a story for another day. I'm going to do plenty of research before I'm ready for that. If you are like, you know what? It's time for me to align my chakras. Let's figure out how to do this. Do plenty of research before you do anything like and gather as much research as you feel comfortable having before you start that. Um, and I found that in the Encyclopedia of Crystals by Judy Hall, the revised and expanded edition. 
I only have this out is because of the different crystals she notes in the book like what chakra it is and I didn't realize she talks about 18 holy shit um I did not realize that um um so and it is thought that the chakras are located basically along your spinal column so how did we get to our modern western version it's a little complicated and it gets a little confused um so we really start to see the mention of our seven chakra system in a 13th century postscriptal text so this and i'm leaving out names of these texts because i do not want to fuck up these names <laughs> so I have, left, I have i have left the names out of the text and stuff that we'll be talking about because i don't want to fuck it up and offend anybody so i fully admit that i will not pronounce how they're supposed to be um so this text describes the seven chakra system it's kind of a very plain plain gene system that they describe um but they also acknowledge that there are multiple chakra systems. This isn't just the only one. There are multiple ways to kind of do this type thing. Um, and then as time goes on in the 14th and 15th century, you know, things are more elaborately described. Um, but how we get to our most modern version is through Pernadia's 16th century work. Um, this is kind of a series of texts that come out that kind of describe our seven chakra system. Um, and then it is horribly translated by John Woodruff in 18, 1918. And that's kind of where the Eastern and Western kind of, you kind of see the shift in the chakra because of this horribly translated thing by John that we as a Western culture just kind of fucking take and run with. <laughs> like, this that is... doesn't sound like us at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I found a very, um, I found a very good quote and it's from this Hershish, har org. It's a blog that I found that, you know, he, that's all he talks about is, chakras and buddhism and all that stuff um but he has a quote um quote it's also true that the westernization westernized seven chakra system you know is based on early 20th century occultists interpretation of a flawed translation of a non-scriptal source so we we did we we translated something and we translated it badly and we Again. made it even more confusing than it already was. Um, and we fucking ran with it. <laughs> and this is why it's important to have proper education on stuff. And yes. like if you're learning something or if you're trying to transcribe something or go to back, try to go back to source material or as close to source material as you can. Yes. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have all sorts of weird fuckery. Yes. Because in the kind of Eastern cultures of chakras, you don't have as many associations as we do today. There's kind of like an emotional um, state 
that's kind of a kind of, and I I kind of very loosely um, in that 13, 13th century like text system that came out that I will not try to pronounce. Um, you don't necessarily find each chakra associated with something, but you find each lotus chakra um, is associated with a distinct emotion or psychological state. So there's not necessarily a, like, this is what this is. Like, if your root chakra is unbalanced, then these are all the emotions that go with it. It's kind of like, this is kind of what that means. It's not... I was finding that it's it's not... We are very black and white in our culture, and it's it's not... This is not a black or white type situation. There's a little bit of a gray area, and that's okay. Like, nothing is ever set in stone. Um, so, but we do get a lot of the associations with our chakras from a lady called, what's her name? The name of that book you showed me earlier. Oh, uh, it's, I, I don't know how to pronounce annoyed, it. Anna D. Judith. Judith PhD. Um, yeah, so, uh, she wrote a book called The Wheels of Life, um, and she kind of writes what we start to associate each chakra with. And this does grow over time. I don't think she wrote with the intent, with the amount that's associated with each one now. Um, because um, it says that she pulls similarities... She pulled perceived similarities that were already kind of out there. And that's what her book book is based off of when she did her research. Um, but the Western version is basically produced by Carl Hung. He's huge in psychology. Um, Joseph Campbell. Charles W. Leadbeater. Um, in some sources, I found that Helena Blavatsky had her fingers in this at the time. So, you have to think the major people in the spiritualist movement is basically what shapes our Western version of chakras. So, it's just like anything, do your research before, because holy shit. Um, so, when this first came over to the States in about 1880, um... Each chakra was associated with something on the nerve plexus down the spine. Um, in the 1920s, after John Woldruff's translation came out, um, each chakra got associated with a endocrine gland. Endocrine. And that's basically, huh? The endocrine glands. Thank you. Um, and that's kind of what's persisted, kind of. Now you kind of see a kind of morph between the two of there is some ones that are associated with just nerves. There is some associated with glands and there's some that are associated with both. Um, and then so one, one of the things I love about the wills of life book is that it actually goes in and like 
it's like this chakra is generally associated with this part of the body and it actually gives yep. you like there's really nice detailed drawings uh that give you like you know say if it's this part of your body and this part of your nervous system and it actually has that drawn out which i think is really really nifty mm-hmm. um the rainbow colors that you've associated that is now associated with each one um that comes from lead beater uh in 1927 um and it depends on which chakra kind of thing you're seeing some it's the full rainbow and then um sometimes the crown uh chakra is white instead of purple so that's kind of where it divides um for that but that is just a, a super brief summary of how chakras kind of came to be in the western cultures um obviously we just fuck shit up as a western society um <laughs> that never <laughs> happens what are you talking about <laughs> Like I was reading, I was doing all this like little bit of research before we did this. And I was like, we just, we cannot one, keep our fingers out of shit. And two, we can't just not fuck it up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. We just, we just can't keep our fingers out of the pot. Fucking white people, man. Mm-hmm. Fucking white people. We're fucking stupid. Um, <laughs> so I figured we would start with the one that is considered the plus one, uh, which is the crown chakra. So in some, it's the six normal chakras. It stops at the third eye. It goes from root to third eye, and then it stops, and then the crown is considered a plus one. Um so this is typically it's located above your head where like a crown would sit above your head mm -hmm. up here um i don't know why i'm doing visuals and you're the only fucker that's gonna look at me um, <laughs> <laughs> um so this chakra tends to be associated with our connection to the divine so when you are enacting you have to think and you have to think kind of logically with each chakra when you hit each one like this is above your head so you're dealing with kind of things that are above you so you're you're dealing with the universe you're dealing with the divine whoever you see as the divine and stuff like that so you're you're going you're learning to trust the universe you're learning to trust the divine whatever you believe in um because you're you're going to be learning about your your spirituality in this process this chakra is all about knowingness, knowing how to learn to trust the universe, learning to trust the divine, but also learning how to trust yourself to trust the divine. <laughs> I was learning, I was reading, it's a lot of like, you got to trust yourself in order to trust the divine in the universe. Um, so this is often described as a thousand petaled lotus. So it's like 20 layers of like 50 petals all the way around. It looks absolutely cool. Um, and this covers the brain, the nervous system, and the pituitary gland. 
So we see both nervous system and gland here. Um, now I pulled this from a website. I forget what website. Um, how to know if your crown chakra is open. So you're going to tell me if I'm right or not. Or if I'm just full of hooey. Um, and some of these I feel are kind of like contradictory a little bit. Because some of them are like weird signs if you're blocked. If your crown chakra is blocked. So if you get a tingly feeling in your head. In the top part of your head. Because your crown is opening. So you're willing to see, receive messages. Um, a change in your sleep. You might start to sleep lightly. Or you might also start having very lucid, vivid dreams. Um, body or head pains. A change in your taste. And they point out vivid dreams. Which I was like, well, if you are if you have a change in your sleep and you're having more lucid dreaming, then you're having more vivid dreaming too. Um, and an ability to detach from your emotions, but also acknowledge that you're going to feel overwhelmed sometimes. Um, the desire to I isolate clarity of thought, acceptance of things around you, heightened intuition, a change in your beliefs, increased ability to manifest, feeling connected to the universe and maybe the divine, um, a sense of peace, and then a signs that your chakra is blocked or unbalanced. You get headaches and migraines. I'm going to call that Huey because... I mean, like, half the stuff that you said uh, for... Or a lot of the stuff you said for, uh, you know, it being open, several things is, just sounds like, hey, you're autistic. And yeah. then uh, a few <laughs> a few yeah. of the things, I, I can see that, but I wouldn't really, I don't know if I, I wouldn't would really call it that. that. Yeah, I don't know if I'd associate that with the, uh, I with the would, crown chakra. I would say that because it is dealing with the divine and it is dealing with the universe. You, you, signs that you're like okay is, and your balance is you. You have learned to trust yourself and your intuition. You've also learned to trust the universe and the divine with whatever path you are on. That to me is is you're you're not questioning. You're allowed to question, but you're not really questioning where you're going in your path. Right. Like, that's what I kind of took from it as I was doing okay. this, was you don't question your path anymore. You're allowed to question, like, people and, like, kind of things around you, but the path that the universe has out for you, you don't question that. That, to okay. me, is, like, your balance within your crown. And, and you've learned to, like, trust your gut. You don't question your gut. You got that Gibbs gut, and you're not questioning it. <laughs> fucking love that show. Um, fucking nerd. I fucking love that show. Um, because like one of the signs they said was blocked or unbalanced was poor sleep. Well, I'm a light sleeper. The dog freaking runs in his sleep and I'm up. He farts too loud and I'm awake. Like I'm always been a light sleeper type situation. So I'm like I've always been that way. I've always been that yeah. way. Um, poor coordination, low energy and depression, which I, those go hand in hand with sleep. And so it's feeling exhausted, but like these ones, I kind of felt like were 
ones that like it's blocked um you feel lost or confused you feel like you're constantly not good enough you don't feel where you belong you feel unworthy of love and respect you feel like your life is meaningless you feel like you're disconnected from everybody in the world you don't trust that higher power um then you've really disassociated with you with your body okay. i feel like that's the proper like your crown chakra is blocked mm-hmm. it's not good um and the main way to open this is to meditate, but it's the top one because you start from the bottom up, which I did not know. Um, okay. You learned that it just shows that I am learning just as much as everybody else. Um, and so essential oils associated with the crown chakra, lavender, frankincense, lotus, and rosewood. Um, Crystals, amethyst, clear quartz, selenite, and diamond. Herkimer diamond. Um, and then the mantras. Your typical mantras would start with, like, I know. Affirmations are something totally different. Um, if you're wanting for, like, affirmations, it would be, like, I'm connected with my higher power. I am at one with the divine type things there's tons of different yoga poses that you can use i'm there is no wrong yoga pose um there are more crystals out there there are more oils out there than just the ones that i have said there are different ways besides if meditation isn't something that works for you there are other ways to open that chakra without just meditating i mean even exercise yeah yeah like i i have a problem with meditating i have a problem with clearing my my little brain so i would have to do the other things first doing that my husband on the other hand no problem meditating no problem at all none i can do guided meditations but if it's not guided meditations then i have issues with doing it that sounds about right (laughs) Like, well, and that's why I want to go to a, I need to find, like, a Reiki healer. Um, mm-hmm. That is something that I kind of want to do on my own. I've expressed to my brother that that's something I want to do, especially with the relationships in my life that I have, um, specifically with my grandpa. Um, I'm kind of, I know I'm done carrying it around, but, like, I want to make sure that, like, my body's done doing that shit yeah type thing so that's just for me um but like in my crystal book we'll go to purple because purple is the crown here Uh, purple is the brow usually Um, well like the first one I just pulled to I don't even know how to pronounce that a Z, huh? I said, what's it say? A Z U R I T E. Azurite. Yeah, it says third eye crown, higher crown, soma. Like, um, 
blue opal. Specifically blue opal. Um, Agua Cora Quartz. That's a higher crown. Uh, oh, that's. Let's see. Oh, Siberian Blue Quartz. That's both third eye and crown. Um, I'm just higher heart. Hmm. That's interesting. Like, I'm just. Just a quick glance. There's. You can find what works best for you. That's the one thing with anything medical physical that I have found is that it is it's purely what works for you. It's a what works for you type thing. Because not everything's gonna look for work for everybody. Lamara? L-A-R-I-M-A-R. -R -R. It looks really cool. Lamaria? Lamaria? That's both third eye and crown. It looks really cool. Cool. Got some papers in here. Let's see. No, oh, that doesn't even do it yeah. justice. That is pretty cool looking, though. <laughs> Like, but I'm just like flipping through a, um, a crystal book, and it's just I have a couple different encyclopedias. That's just me because I like ones that are real quick that I can reference. But like blue lace, um, agonate. That's both third eye and crown. Um, I find it interesting. Some of these, the pat the. Um, past life. Ooh, lapis lazul. That's my one of my husband's favorite. It is both. It's also your throat chakra, which I find mm -hmm. very interesting. Maybe I should look up moonstone because that's my fucking wedding band. That's my wedding ring. Because <laughs> like I have a I have a soft spot for amethyst. I always I like all colors of amethyst. Um, and amethyst is a really good one. That's really Amethyst good. is also the sobriety stone. Yeah. Yeah. It's also good for grief, your immune system. Um, throwing at people. Huh? <laughs> I said throwing at people. Yeah, it is. Hey, you know what? Anything's a weapon if you throw it hard enough. Um, let me see if I can find... Because my engagement ring is Moonstone. My husband actually did very good research with that. Um, I thought it was funny, like, clear quartz was, like, part of that. And it's like, well, no shit, Sherlock. Like, <laughs> that's good for fucking everything. I was reading it in a couple of different places that, um... Moldavite, which I thought was kind of a little interesting. Because Moldavite is something that you use when you're kind of, like, um, you're stuck. Moldavite's a very, very powerful transformation stone. Um, if that is something that you want to seek out and use, I would 
It's not for the faint of heart. There are other crystals that you can use that help with transformation of just not just relationships with everything in your life. Then Moldavite, yeah. there are other, um, not weaker, but um, less intense <laughs> transformation stones than Moldavite. So <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart. Um, yeah, so um, Moonstone, that is what my engagement ring is. That's good with your solar plexus and your third eye. Helps with emotional, deep emotional healing. Oh, disorders of the upper digestive tract. <laughs> Related to emotional stress. Um, yeah. But Moonstone is, is mainly known as the female reproductive stone. Um, it has always been associated with the female reproductive organs because of the moon and its cycle, and that's how our cycle has always been tracked for a very long time. Um, huh. Said to protect sailors at sea and travels travelers on water more potent during a waxing moon and less during a waning. Huh. That's interesting. Like, when we were doing research for, like, when we wanted to get married, we, we, one, we did not know that we picked the equinox. My mom thought I, like, totally did that on weird accident or i purposely did that totally by accident i mean um, that's the kind of thing you would do it yeah we were actually going more for the waxing is that what it's called before the full moon yes the waxing so we were waxing going is more coming on waning is going off that's what i thought wax thank on wait off thank you because now i'm gonna remember that for the rest of my life um we were going more forward towards a waxing moon because of how that we know that as a couple we're always going to be growing and transforming so we wanted to make sure that because he proposed to me during a full moon but i didn't want to get married during a full moon um i wanted to get it so it symbolized us as a couple constantly growing constantly changing and that was the research that we did with the moon cycles when we got married But are you ready to do our cards? Because we pulled some... We both pulled major this week. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Uh, do you want to start or do you want me to start? I can start. So I pulled strength. Um, keywords are bravery, compassion, focus, and inner strength. Uh, strength shows its power not by intimidation or by force, but rather through radiating self-confidence and assurance. Neither the lion nor the woman is in combat, but need, but rather they incomplicitly in, in trust each other. This union gives the pair both compassion and bravery and inner strength to do what is right. Uh, the card lesson, my compassion to myself sets the foundation for my compassion to others. Oh, it says yes. This is a yes card. On a no card. Um, the astrology is a Leo. Hmm. Fire element. Okay. All right. What did, what did you pull, my friend? So I pulled... I, I've said this before. A lot of people don't do reverse cards. I do. Yes. Uh, but I pulled death reversed. And a lot of people are like, oh, no, it's death. Blah, blah, blah. Spooky, spooky. Uh, we had a conversation is, you know, before we started. <laughs> yeah, which is fine, but that's not necessarily what death means. Death typically means 
some sort of transition. Uh, End of something. But, you know, upright, if it were upright, death is a card of transformation and typically refers to needing to start over and letting go of the past. In the reverse position, like this one, uh, death can mean that you are on the verge of a meaningful change, uh, but you are resisting it. You may be reluctant to let go, and you may not know how to make that change you need. You still carry harmful viewpoints from the past that may interfere with a new opportunity because of your refusal. Life has stagnated, and you feel stuck in limbo. Death Reverse offers you the opportunity to embrace change rather than resist it. See what wonderful possibilities become available to you as you say yes to change. As you learn to release the past and surrender to the present, the future becomes even brighter. Uh, to support the process, repeat this affirmation. Uh, I embrace change in all forms. You'll be surprised at how this subtle shift in energy allows new doors to open in ways you may never have expected. So, it's about not holding yourself back and moving forward and attempting to move forward with things. Mm -hmm. And not letting yourself be limited by your past. But also have compassion for yourself while everything yeah. in your life is changing. Yeah, I don't need that. Why would you do that? Why? Why would I be compassionate for myself? It's hard. It's hard to be nice to yourself. It is. Yeah, it is. It's so much easier to be nice to other people than it is to be nice to yourself. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, and I've I hadn't told you this. Uh, I've been kind of thinking about it, and I've talked to a few friends of mine about it, and they say I should do it. But I've actually been thinking about possibly taking up writing. I think you'd be good at it. So, which is you know, I have a lot of negative thoughts about that, but this could very well be a statement saying, "Hey, you should totally do this." Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and you, you're always going to have critics, no matter what you do in life. You're always going to have people that are going to be criticizing everything that you do and always bad-mouthing everything that you do. You can never please anybody. That's the one thing I learned with getting married and having a wedding is I can't please everybody, no matter how hard I try, and fuck it. I'm just going to make sure that I'm happy in the end. Yeah, there were a few people who were not thrilled by your wedding which is my thought on that is you know what it's not their fucking wedding so it sucks to be them well then i knew that i don't hold beliefs like every other person in the world and just like every other person in the world my beliefs are different from your beliefs and i wanted to do what fit well with my husband and i and that was having my best friend be my officiant because I knew that I didn't want to go through um, a church for 
and go through church classes to tell me that I work well with my husband and type thing. Um, that is not my theology. That is not what I believe. So I'm not going to do that. Um, and we also, I also knew that because of that, not everyone was going to be okay with that. Yep. But it doesn't matter because you are not the person I sleep with and who I am choosing to have that part of a deep intimacy with in my life. So if you don't like it, you can just shove your opinion up your ass. <laughs> I didn't ask for it. So yep. that's how I kind of thought about that. Because I knew that I wasn't going to please everybody with that. But all that mattered was that my husband was happy with the ceremony. And that he yep. was okay with it. Because I've, I decided not long after we met that that was the type of ceremony that I wanted. And I didn't want to do it any other way. Like, I had the vision, and that was my vision from the get-go. <laughs> like, <laughs> because the longer we became friends, the more I realized that I don't believe what everybody believes. I don't believe mainstream society. And I knew that I just didn't want a Christian ceremony. Every wedding that I have gone to and I've seen like a normal Christian ceremony, that has never sat well with me. And like my husband and I, we have a friend that's getting married in a couple of weeks and um, we have to sit through a full Catholic mass wedding. So that's going to be have fun, my dude. I might burn the moment I step in that church. Um, I can't wait for you to review that one. <laughs> but I, I knew that through the weddings that I have gone to that every Christian ceremony just it never sat right with me and I knew that that's what I wanted to do and my even if my parents weren't comfortable with it I could give two fucks less like I don't really care like you're not the person yes you are a part of my life but in your opinion as my parent matters but I'll take it into consideration but it's not ultimately what's defining this moment. It's what my husband's comfortable with, not what you're comfortable with. Exactly. If you get uncomfortable with something, then maybe you should figure out why that makes you uncomfortable. I agree. <laughs> That's just me, though. But No, I agree with you fully. Like, no matter what you write, you're going to have people that... And no matter what you do in life, not just writing, you're going to have people that are not going to be cheering for you. And all that matters is, is that you're listening to the people that are cheering for you. Like, I think that if, if writing is something that you want to do, I think that you should go for it. I think that you would be very good at it. Well, especially with... I... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I just think that... I think as readers, I think a lot of readers would make good writers, and I think that you are one of those people. Yeah. And I think it would help with you having me time. Yeah. And also, well, and, it's nice being creative. Well, and the friend that I talked to that, like, he's just like, yeah, no, you should totally do this. You'd be good at this. And I'm just like, I don't know. And, like, I mentioned it in like just an offhand like passing comment mm -hmm. and then the next thing i know he's bringing me like three notebooks and he's like because he does he's a like an artist and yeah. does like all sorts of drawings and sketches and prints and everything and he comes up to me and he's like hey 
I had these laying around. It sometimes it helps me if I you know just have a sketchbook with me and like start doodling and jotting down stuff sometimes. And it's like yeah. out of nowhere after me just briefly mentioning yeah. it, and that means a lot. Yeah. Like just having that support network and yeah. having people that say you know you can do this, you should do this. Yeah, uh, oh, I believe you totally should. Totally. So, but I think that's a. Uh, it's a good place for us to end. This, <laughs> this is also coming from the girl that goes to the nine foot end of, of the pool with things. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. She finds an interest and she goes to the nine foot end of the pool. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, but so I think that's no, a good I'm just place like, for us to... You go. <laughs> like, you wanna... And I also realize that going to the nine foot end of the pool, pool with things is not how, everything, how everybody does things. <laughs> It is not. I'm finding that out as I, I married someone that tiptoes into things and I am like the kid that cannonballs into the nine foot and he goes, we sink or swim. (laughs) (laughs) I am that person. And that's what's funny about like homesteading is I'm having to find one homesteading for anybody that doesn't homestead. Homestead teaches you patience and I'm learning. I'm learning to slow down. It's nice. Um, but I am, you can't just go to the nine foot end and like be the kid that cannonballs because you have to back up because there are things that you need to learn way before you get there. And I'm yeah. having, we're getting there. We're getting there. But yeah. So as always, please rate, review, subscribe. Please tell a friend. Um, we, this is, we got two more episodes. So the next episode we're going to be going through the bottom three chakras your root in those three um and those three yep and those other two um if you have a book suggestion if you have a topic that you think we should talk about next or a cryptid that you find interesting that we haven't heard of or just anything in general please email us at thewayroaddragons at gmail.com. That's also in the show notes. I put all that stuff in the show notes. Um, So, yeah. So, until next time. I'm Johnny. And I'm Kelsey. Bye. Bye.